Welcome to the Let's Talk About Talking podcast with your host, Adrian Fuller, language and communications expert for kids of all ages. On this podcast, we talk about speech, language, and all things happening with your child, giving you specific tactical information you can use to help your kids talk, listen, and thrive in their academic journey. Awesome. Well, welcome, you guys. Today is Wednesday. Oh, see, I did it again. Today is Tuesday, and it is January 25th, 2022. And it's welcome to nap time, chat time. Now, this is the time that you're for parents or caregivers or foster parents or grandparents to talk about their child's development, language, speech, academics, all while your child is napping. Now, just a few minutes ago, we, or just a few weeks ago, we had Jennifer Kahn on and she was talking about homeschooling. Go back and watch that or listen to that. It was awesome. But she always says, even though her children don't nap anymore, during this time, she has them have a quiet time. And so I highly recommend that you do that. You don't have to go to sleep. Some people just, I mean, I don't remember when I stopped napping. I, I, I nap now. Anytime I, any chance I get, I like to nap. But um, if your child doesn't want to nap, feel free to have them be in their room and be quiet. You can play, you can think, you can play make-believe, you can imagine. But this is a time that mommy or daddy needs for their quiet time. And I think it's good because it also shows some boundaries. And I'm working on that myself and just setting those boundaries with people and even your kids. Set boundaries with your kids because they appreciate it. And when they're adults, they're going to model it too. So I just want to let you know that it is January. So coming up shortly, I'd like to start talking about school options and things to look for in a school. That came to me the other day. If you have any topics that you'd like to talk about or you'd like me to talk about or have a guest on, please leave them in the comments because I always am curious about what people want to hear. I love working with parents and my thing is when I was in the schools, I was a teacher in the beginning. I've also worked in the schools as a um, as an SLP, as a speech language pathologist. And I find that a lot of times we talk to parents and not with them. Like we talk at parents, but we don't, we don't really talk to them. We spew a lot of acronyms. We spew a lot of like language that only we can understand. So my thing is on these lives and on, I'm wanting to turn this into a podcast. I want it to be something that parents can use as a resource. And so I did want to talk about my new book. It's called 30 Days to Get Your Toddler Talking. I'm so very proud of this book. I always say it is not a short, it's not a, it's not a big read. It's not long, but it's not meant to be long. Uh, it covers the basics of what speech and language is, also what your child should be doing, and it it, it And then we get a baseline. I give you a little pretest you can give your child. And then I give you a step-by-step 
30-day program of thing using toys you have in your home or you can easily get and that you can use with your child who is aged 18 months to 36 months or three years old for children who are not talking or talking very, very little. And they are, it's it's a just a great, I've gotten great reviews. People love it. So it's great for that. And please use it as a resource. It's available on the Amazon. It's also available in my bio on Linktree. And so, yes, I think it's a great gift. Great, great gift too. If there are any speech therapists um, watching this, you have any SLPAs or a really new grad who is not really quite comfortable with that small age yet, this is also a great book because it, it, it just breaks it down, the things you can do and with your child. So I am so very, very excited today. Now, I you see I have my sweater on. I'm coming to you from Orlando, the Orlando, Florida, the Central Florida area. And it is very cold today. And so I'm, I'm so happy for that. And I'm waiting for our guests to come. I am so, so excited to have Landria Green join us today for our nap time chat time. Now, she is one of very, she's in a very exclusive club because she is duly certified in as an SLP and a BCBA, which is a behavior, behavior therapist. So uh, those are, that's like the power punch in, in the world of, of our, in the therapy field. If you've got a if you're an SLP, a speech language pathologist, and you are also a behavior person, I just feel like that is a power punch. So she's going to be joining us today and she's going to, we're going to, we're going to unwrap and I want her to really answer the question. Hey, that, oh my goodness, my, all my friends are here. Um, it means so much when people come. Hi, cousin, cousin Sylvia. Oh, everyone's on. I love it. I love now that people are coming um, to this, but it's, it's, it's always, she, uh, today I want Landria to really unpack uh, what behavior therapy is, because I don't know if you've heard, but there, there, there has been a ruckus and there's a little bit of controversy surrounding uh, behavior therapy. And so, uh, and if, while she's getting on, I just, let me talk about behavior therapy. So from what I understand, uh, many times, for many reasons, we find that in our clinic, we find that it's very, it's necessary for us to refer out to a behavior therapist. So first parents, let me just go ahead and say, if, if you are, if you, if you've had that referral or if a professional has recommended that you get behavior therapy for your child, they are in no way saying that you are a bad parent or that your, or that your child is a bad child. They are simply saying that they're simply saying that we need another person to help with things like transition. So if my if my if my child is is having difficulty getting from the car through the door at school or from the classroom and out of the door or on the bus, that's what we call a difficulty with transition. And so that we will often call a behavior therapist in to to, to consult and to get 
get that kind of, I don't want to say under control, but to get that skill mastered. Because I always say without, without, without communication, there can't, without cooperation, I can't increase communication. And so if I'm, if there's behaviors that are in the way, so behavior as in not, oh, I asked him to do it and he just refuses. If when your child is two and when your child's a toddler, oftentimes you're going to get that because children that are two and, and, and three are beginning to discover their independence and they're beginning to discover that they, the word no, and sometimes that's a little difficult for us to understand. So if, if that is the case, um, that may not be a behavior issue, but you know what I'm, more parents who have have that issue. I mean, everything seems to be an issue or a, a fight or a struggle. That might be a sign that it's time to look for outside help. Now, what I find often is that a behavior therapist will all often um, do parent training. And so, like I said, it's not in any way possible anything saying, hey, we think your child is bad. I hate that word bad or we think you're not a good parent. But there is no manual when it comes to being a parent. And so oftentimes we're just, we've done what we've seen our parents do and we do other things. Not that it's wrong, but sometimes there's always a better way. And so let that behavior therapist coach you in that. So are there any questions while, well, hello, Margaret, are there any questions while we're waiting for our special guest to arrive? I'm going to just hang out here for one second and, and see if there are any questions. All righty. So, as I'm looking through my book here, um, I am going to talk about some of the toys that we use in our book, 30 Days to Get Your Toddler Talking. Um, and, and, and let's talk about some of the toys that we use. Uh, the, some of my favorites are balls, book, bubbles, and those are really, really great toys that that we can, that we use. All right. Well, it looks like our special guest is here. I'm going to let her on. Hold on one second. All right. So I am going now, guys, you know, this is, this is semi new to me. So I see my guest is here. Can you push request for me? Now my, all right.
up. All right, so let me talk about Miss Green. So Landria, as I said, is one of of like few, and she only there's only 500 dually certified BCBAs and SLPs in the whole world. I think that is so amazing, and we'll have to talk about that at a different time because. Landria, for a minute, I really wanted to do that. But I found out I had to get another master's degree. And I said, well, that's what I was told. And so I was like, ah. Now, me personally, I am done with school. I've gotten everything. I love learning. I'll take a class any time. But getting any more degrees, I think I'm done with that. But um, so hats off to you for doing that. Uh, but guys, I don't know if you know, but she also owned a multidisciplinary clinic uh, that was actually sold in, the, in in 2020. And now she consults parents and uh, other clinical professions. And as she's working on her PhD in special education. Welcome, Landry. I'm so glad to have you. Well, it's so nice to uh, actually speak with you. Right? I follow I know, you on and you Instagram know and all that good yes, stuff. So we have been, congratulations I, to you. I have been a Oh, thank you. I've been a huge fan for a very long time. And you're even, I'm even more of a fan because I totally spaced on the time. And I thought every, I think everyone's on my time zone. So I was like, oh, join me too. So thank you so much for coming early. Guys, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for the big league. Well, I am ready for the big leagues, but like, thank God this was a live TV. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I totally, she might be on a different time zone. So no, no, no. Thank you it so was much. It, it was in my calendar. It was in my calendar for Central Time, okay, and cool. I yes, I and then I spaced out. Like, is it? I, I moved from um, Eastern Time Zone to Central, and I still think of myself as EST. So yeah. I, well, well but yeah, I do. I actually grew up in Tennessee, and uh, that Central Time Zone, and. Uh, I actually really like being on that central time zone. I can watch all my shows and still go to bed by 10 o'clock. So, <laughs> you know, use that as a, like a point of reference. Like, hey, at least I can watch all my shows. Right. That's, well, that's good. <laughs> that's very good. That's very um, good. Well, Elandria, I really just wanted to talk about behavior therapy. Recently, because in our clinic, we recommend all the time for parents to see a behavior therapist if we feel like the behavior is getting in the way of progress of getting uh, those communication goals met. And so sometimes I feel like, hey, let's, let's go ahead and tackle this part. And then if it's like very severe, but recently, you know, well, first let's just talk about, can you tell everyone out there what behavior therapy is, but then can you also say what it's not? Hmm. Um, good question. So um, I am a board certified behavior analyst and um, we go through a different uh, level of training that is similar to a speech pathologist actually. So most BCBAs will also have a master's degree. We would just have a specialization in um, a, um, applied behavior analysis, which is a theory. So um Okay. And so just to add 
so we think of behavior as um, anything a um, living being can do. So if mm -hmm. a living being can learn, if they can speak, um, uh, do activities of daily living, social interaction, all of that goes under the auspices of behavior, what it means to, um, of, of human behavior. But when we think about uh, children, specifically children with autism, um, we can work on and shape, because we do it through the theory of shaping. Um, we can work on um, identified um, behavior that is challenging that we want to reduce, mm -hmm. um, behavior that we want to ramp up. So kids who are just not... Um, um, interacting well enough yet, or they're not um, um, communicating enough, we can ramp those behaviors up as well. So um, thinking of a BCBA alone, should we um, tackle those in a um, lane all by ourselves when it comes to language and speech and communication? The answer is that's a great opportunity for collaboration with our mm -hmm. specialist um, background, and then another individual, another uh, profession that is even more specialized. Our perspective is in behavior is to do things like um, adding momentum, behavior momentum, mm -hmm. um, being able to um, analyze data quickly in order to um, affect the behavior change, the change in the behavior that we want to see. So some other professions may not analyze behavior, um, may not analyze human behavior at the level of specificity and the rate mm -hmm. that we do. And I think that's a big distinction between what it means to, um, to do ABA and what it means to, what it means to do uh, speech um, therapy or even OT. Mm -hmm. for um so what it is not is um provide um tackling all of the the hard stuff so it's not tackling kids who have who who don't sit and we try to make them sit that's not what behavior therapy is that's not the focus of of good therapy across domains. anywhere um, True. anywhere yeah Anywhere, especially when it comes to, look, I was about to say little ones, but especially when it comes to anyone. Anyone. Um, so, um, what it is not is tackling only the hard stuff. It is um, within our profession, we also do something called parent, um, some people call it parent training. I, along with other people, prefer parent coaching. Um, Ooh, I like that better. So it be sounds able, better. It sounds better. It, it sounds does. like I want to be you know, dogs. You, you don't you want to be coached? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we do parent coaching um, to help people. Good good parent coaching is meeting people where they are and improving um, the the impact of therapy outside of us. So if Johnny can do with with me, you know, hurrah. But if he can do it at home, then, you know, that is a good impact and imprint of therapy. So that's what behavior of ABA therapy can, um, can do. Work with kids with ADHD, 
kids who have learning challenges and their ability to have fluency. You know, we do that category naming in SL in the speech world. And so we would build fluency um, and um, working with uh, kids and in, in fluency training. Okay. Well, because this, well, this is for everyone, but yeah, this whole live. But my thing is like, how, what's too young for behavior? therapy or and am I am I calling it what we should call it behavior therapy or do you guys prefer well, something else well well um <laughs> let's let's call it ABA therapy let's call it ABA um because okay. is, let's call it ABA let's call it let's call it ABA and how young is too young well if you have a diagnosis of autism let's do that um because that is what okay. is most popularly known for um, if you have a diagnosis mm. of autism, um, what we do in behavior in, in ABA should look different. Um, when you have an 18-month-old, mm. you should be working on play. There should be no table. We should be working on um, interaction skills and relational skills. So um, as young as 18 months, we can we see children. Um because we see them that young for speech too, right? Yes, we do. I mean, yeah. we see we've seen nine month olds. We've, we've seen, seen nine month olds that are right? a year old. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, working on um, play and interaction and communication and reciprocity and um, helping parents um, um, use use different tools and techniques to build that communication interaction is something that we would, um, and play skills is something that we would work on as young as 18 months. Okay, could you go ahead and explain for all of our listeners what reciprocity is? Okay, here we are. So what is reciprocity? Um, the back and forth um, exchange. So in a nutshell, yeah. it's back and forth exchange, you know, um, giving and getting you know we want all of our relationships to be reciprocal but they not but when you <laughs> um but that's but, a whole different that's a whole different live isn't it it is but, <laughs> but, but, in, real life, but in real life it's never going to be 50 50. correct so yeah. um I, when learners have a diagnosis um the person or the people who are usually doing the the heavy lifting as we increase skill set is usually the parent and the practitioner or clinician mm -hmm. and our job is to build that skill set and enhance it in the individual in front of us so that there is a more equal uh there's more balance in the reciprocal and the reciprocity of the exchange between the two people, two or more people. Okay, awesome. So if a parent hears, your ch we believe as whoever, the teacher, the preschool, whoever says it, the speech therapist, the OT, that your child needs ABA, can you, set, can you tell us what an avow might look like for a, a toddler or, or anyone? Okay, so, looks like. so I'm going to take us a step back and give us a tale of two cities. So uh -huh. the tale of the two cities, the one is we think your child um, may be experiencing some delays. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say the first step 
um, for any parent would be to seek out a developmental pediatrician. Um, and a developmental pediatrician um, is good just to have on your child's team. And having that person on your child's team, regardless of diagnosis, they can help track them um, and have your six-month track. So that visit, go ahead. Just one thing. I just want to highlight what she says, guys. Your team. It doesn't matter if you're paying out of pocket, if you have Medicaid, whatever payer source you have, your child deserves a team. And if your child is experiencing delays, a developmental pediatrician is one of those vital uh, team members. Thank you for saying that. I love that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and this is outside of your pediatrician. So just to be clear, yes. those are two different people. Um, two yeah. different people. Those are two different people. Because your pediatrician sees many, many kids all day long. So many right. times their pediatrician is going to say, wait, or, okay, let's write a referral if you really press them on it. But yeah, a developmental pediatrician is very different. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, and there may be an occasion where the developmental pediatrician says, um, it does an evaluation and says, it, you know, we have a diagnosis of autism. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, one of the um, more proven treatments is um, applied behavior analysis therapy. And there, therein lies your referral. And then you would see um, a board-certified behavior analyst, a BCBA, um, and that person or persons would conduct um, an ABA assessment. And that is for assessing the skill sets um, in, in different cognitive, in different domains. So cognitive skills, communication, daily living, um, language, and we have tests that would um, address all of those or assess all of those within that sitting. And then from there, we would create a plan and the treatment plan would be in those different areas. If your child has um, autism, then the likelihood of insurance um, paying for um, ABA therapy is greater um, if there is a diagnosis. And that's, you know, it's policy specific, but generally speaking, the likelihood is greater. Um, they would also recommend speech, speech therapy. They would also recommend occupational therapy, but ABA is gonna take up the bulk of your time because the recommendations are typically for treatment um, can be, a full program or a comprehensive program. And the range in thinking of those two programs would be 15 to 40 hours per week. And that may be off-putting to many families um, and many practitioners. Um, so there is data to, to show and suggest the kind of hours that should be suggest, um, that are recommended based upon the profile and need of your child um, but usually, um, other therapies, um, can be scheduled around it or the other therapies become primary and ABA is scheduled around it. There's no wrong answer here. Let me be clear. Um, but ABA is going to give, um, a larger amount of time and families have to figure out how it works. You really want good collaboration between your specialists, 
mm -hmm. um, because they need to be able to talk outside of you as a parent because we all like we need to plan and be on the same page. And so um, a good collaborative team looks like people talking um, and parents not having to do the heavy lifting of carrying information from one practitioner or clinic to the next. You have just described the utopia of therapies, but that is a yes, Isn't that it? is exactly what it should look like. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to even touch the collaborative piece because for me, I think that's all we ever want. Yeah, and sometimes for whatever reason, you know, it, we, it gets in the way, but yes, building a team and building a team that is able to collaborate, as she said, is is actually key so if you have if a parent and child as if a child says or has been assigned your or granted i guess approved for the 40 hours what can a parent expect that to look like everyone is different she's giving a snapshot of her experience everyone well i'm going to so it could be from 15 to 40 hours per week and i'm going to give the the optimal snapshot so um, what it should look like is um, a, a schedule and starting off with um, most times starting off with parent parent coaching to give an orientation that is specific to what uh, therapy looks like at the place that you are getting that you're getting services from. And so um, parent education, training and coaching, well, parent education and training would start before we go into a model of parent coaching. Mm -hmm. So the education and training yeah. would be the orientation to what should, what does therapy look like here? What are the expectations? How do you set up your home if it's a home-based program or a clinic-based program? Um, so in, even orientation to um, some centers have what is called a family handbook. You know, how do you uh, communicate if, you don't like your therapist and that can happen at any um, occasion or um, so that's the education and training first. And then the parent coaching can be, you know, based upon what your goals are. If you have a goal for potty training or toileting, if you have a goal for, I want him or him to stop throwing his bottle when he wants to drink. Um, and I want my children to interact better um, with their sibling who has autism. Those are real goals okay. and that can be worked on an ABA. So you have your parent goals that are measurable and we should be taking data on those because we have to track progress. Mm -hmm. And then you have the one-to-one -one therapy where we are working on things like identifying um, um, objects and nouns. We are working on social skills and being, a have, being able to have statement to statement um, conversations. We're working on following um, directions, multi-step. Um, and you say, well, what is this? You know, I, my child does that in speech. Yes, they do. Except we're seeing them 15 to 40 hours a week. So, and we're thinking about um, behavior change and behavior change procedures and what type of learning um, style, if you will, do I need to have as a clinician in order to help your child learn? So that's what the data's for. That's the data's for saying, how well is he learning? But 
what do I need to adjust? Do I need to adjust how I prompt? Do I need to adjust? Um, and so looking at trends across three sessions, um, a few sessions versus, you know, several weeks or months ahead uh, or along um, is probably one of the other. Did you hear me or am I fading out? You know, yeah, you froze. Oh, what part did I freeze? Um, that very last part. It's one of the other... Dis uh, things that distinguish us from other one-to-one yes. um, -one types of therapy. What if a parent says, I just want the coaching piece? Is that ever an option? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do that. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it is an option. I know people who, um, that's all that they do. I know some BCBAs that work on just feeding. Um, so some people have their specialty. Um, and, you know, and, and let me say this, the people who have those specialties, particularly in areas of feeding, our code of ethics um, um, mandates tells us that if this is not your area, your original area of scope, then you get mentorship, clinical mentorship in that area, and you get additional training um, in that area as well. So, yeah. If someone, if a parent is on the fence, they're not sure whether to do it or not, what would you like to move forward with an evaluation? I'm always of the school of thought that says, hey, we're not going to wait and see. We're just going to see because we want the, I want the, we want the information so we know how to move forward. But what would you tell a parent who's like very resistant or they're on the fence about getting ABA for their child? Well, I, I usually um, take a different approach and I try to understand, um, I try to help a, get a parent to articulate what where the apprehension is coming from so is it coming mm -hmm. from um something you read and if that's so let's unpack that if it's coming from you um not wanting to um accept a diagnosis you don't have to accept a diagnosis but sometimes the diagnosis will require that you act as you accept and so being able to um hold the complexity of what it means to be human um, as you parent and as now you parent a child who has a diagnosis. And um, so I try to um, understand the root cause of why there is the apprehension um, mm -hmm. towards behavior therapy. But beyond that, um, no, well, not beyond that, but um, along with that, there is, um, there is real literature that supports the ability um, ABA as a um, as a good answer, a real answer with um, um, solutions towards um, the the bridge between what we want to see and what we see right now. And ABA is a good bridge, um, main bridge for um, developing skill set. I, I know I did not want to go long, but before we go, okay. 
can you quickly, and if, if we need to do this another time, that's fine. Recently, my fellow brothers and sisters who have been diagnosed on the spectrum have come forward and said, hey, you know, ABA is it, has, it was very traumatic for me, or I don't think ABA works, or we shouldn't do it anymore. I don't know that that's the answer. Uh, could you just speak on that? Just because I don't want to eliminate a whole profession because does that make sense? I don't even know how to ask the question, but can you speak yeah, on that a little? Yeah. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, um, there have been um, experiences where people have not benefited from from the therapy. And for some people, they have walked away with um, accounts of trauma. Mm -hmm. and, and not discounting that at all. I do think um, there are um, instances of bad apples across any profession any any profession so i um but separating the impact of a theory and the applied um work of a theory from the from the account accounts of working with people um is a space that maybe not everyone has um has has grown to and so as a practitioner i will um leave room for that growth because it is a growth but for a parent who is trying to figure things out so um i grew up with a father who would say things or a parent who would say you know you know then what's your solution like what's your solution then so if something is bad then you've got to provide people with good alternatives that are commensurate that are just as impactful and, um, you know, it is okay to say that something is bad, but my goodness, for the parent whose child does not yet communicate well, who is, who has um, behavior that is severe, and that family can't go to a restaurant or go to a birthday party or be around um, sure. and don't feel comfortable yet being around other family members because of what they are um, experiencing in the four walls of their home, very... Um, um, it is a bold statement to to supply that something is bad and make people feel as if yes. they are doing a bad thing for their own children. So yes. um, just as everything in life, we think about things from an individual perspective. So mm -hmm. let's start using the pronouns, um, using personal pronouns. ABA was not good for me versus mm -hmm. ABA is not good. good. And so mm -hmm. that is the... Um, you know, and, and, and as practitioners and as a field, mm -hmm. we just need to do a better job at disseminating in the way that is um, that people who are on the, on the other side can hear and listen. So nobody wants our theory, but as simple as if it was bad for you, then let it be bad for you. But don't tell anyone else that they should do um, something that is of benefit to them. And there's great. references and resources that Great, <laughs> great answer. I appreciate that because I never want to, I'll leave it at great answer. I have, <laughs> <laughs> this has been so eye-opening for me. And I do want to circle back and say, Landria Green is a board certified behavior analyst. I, I, for me, when people call me a speech teacher, it just, just, 
So if I called you the equivalent of that when I called you a behavior therapist, I apologize because no, no, it's it's fine, it's fine. Um, it, it really is okay. Okay, though, are those terms used interchangeably? Um, they are used interchangeably, but as a person who is certified, I am called to um, use them differently. But I accept them all. Look at that. I love it. You are a joy. You are such a gem. Um, you guys, she does consult. And so please, please get on her link tree. Um, it's Landria Green Speech Guru. Is that your I your think that's me. Um, they can DM me here. Um, and if you find me here, you can always uh, send me a message. I answer them. Um, then I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably, you know, direct you to an email, but I am my email, Landria at SLPABA.com is my email. Awesome. You guys use her as a resource. I feel like I've not ever heard behavior therapy, um, ABA explained in this way, in such a way that people can understand. And so please take advantage of all her resources on her website. Thank you very much for joining us today. Landria, thank you so much for joining me. Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you next week right here and have a great, great day. Thank Bye. you. Bye. You've been listening to the Let's Talk About Talking podcast with your host, Adrian Fuller, language and communications expert for kids of all ages. You can grab Adrian's book, 30 Days to Get Your Toddler Talking, on Amazon or at speechbuilders.org.